The Bird Show. I have been approached a couple of different times over the years to be on reality TV shows. Always turn them down. No way. Don't want that in my life right there. Want to bring cameras in the house. Um, they wanted to get my ex-wife involved also. And from the outside looking in, I could see what they were doing. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about the dudes. It was about them trying to get the women of these guys together because they were mixing up their personality so well. And as a guy that's sort of in the industry, I could see what they were doing. They were pitting all these women against each other and it was going to make for great TV, right? Drama sales. Drama sales. I didn't want anything to do with it. Until this weekend when I applied for a reality TV show. <gasps> You're going to be the Golden Bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> hey, <yeah. laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> you need some aloe? <laughs> oh, man. That was a little too edgy for me. <laughs> so based on my new hobby of trying to cook, and I usually go on Instagram and I am showing people exactly how I'm butchering things in the kitchen. It's the first Ooh. time I've ever tried to cook. Uh, if you're a new listener, it took me three boxes of brownies to finally get that right. And it's only like three ingredients. I cooked some chicken parm the other night. Didn't even know how the stove worked or anything like that. So I had a couple of people reach out to me, listeners, and say, you know what? You need to apply to this reality TV show. So I looked at it. I thought about it for a second. Somebody sent me the application and I immediately turned around and I applied for this show. Every year, the nation's worst cooks are drafted into the most intense culinary boot camp in the country. What's happening now? You good? You good? Oh, God. <laughs> Answering the call to lead these recruits is worst cooks champion Anne Burrell. If your pan is really hot and it's smoking, what do you do? And Food Network veteran Tyler Florence. Stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. Their mission? Oh, God. Turn these kitchen disasters. <laughs> Oh, my God. Woo! Step back. Into Kitchen Masters. What? We're talking about. Look at you, rock star. The final two will cook a restaurant-quality meal for a chance to win $25,000. Woo! Ah. It's Anne versus Tyler. Go back on your side, losers. As they take on the worst cooks in America. You would be so perfect for this. Okay. <laughs> right. <up>. Thank you. <laughs> so it's on Food Network, and as a guy that really has never appreciated food before, I had never heard this show. Oh, yeah. So I started to do a deep dive on it, and I didn't need to do that much digging because it's about the worst cooks, which I certainly qualify for. And then when I heard him say $25,000, I thought, man, if I win this, we can turn around and give this to Bert's Big Adventure. That would be amazing. Yeah. So I, I applied uh, on... On Saturday, I don't know how long these things <laughs> take. What's the application look like for the worst cooks in America? It was a little longer than I had anticipated. Oh, I bet. But um, I am I, I am at a little of an advantage here because I am sort of in the industry, so I know how to answer these things. So I think I used my 16-year-old as motivation. Like, all I want to do is make a, a decent meal for my 16-year-old. Oh, We're in the house. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is perfect. Yeah. 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 storyline, yeah. 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 Your field is my field, right? <laughs> so I think I laid it on pretty thick. So who knows? Like I, your brownies? <laughs> they were perfection they were, last time. The third? Okay. perfection. Your third time brownies were delicious. <laughs> so I will let you know when they hit me back, if they hit me back. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but you know what? If they call, I'm going. Oh, I hope you get on Anne's team. I love her. Well, so, you, so you know this show. I'm familiar with it. Oh, I haven't okay. watched it in forever. Tyler Florence and Anne, like, they, they, they are like... Le- they're legitimate chefs. Um, and she, yeah, she's great. Okay. No, I want you on Tyler's team because I want you to set me up with Tyler Florence. He's such a babe. <laughs> so you know the show too. I mean, I know Tyler Florence. Yeah. Okay. I was a Food Network kid growing up. I okay. was too. Yeah, I loved it. All right. I'll let you know if they hit me back. All right. Mo is about to break up. It's been a long relationship, but he's got to come forward today. And it's time for some real talk. It's time for a breakup. Yeah, man. Um, I've been in a relationship. For over 30 years now with the Dallas Cowboys. And it's been 30 years of pain and agony. And even though every year I tell myself this is the year that I am not going to allow my expectations to rise so that they can just let me down once again, this is it. This year has felt like the year where 
I'm walking away. I think. Yeah, y'all got trounced this weekend. Okay. <laughs> I mean, ow. I mean, it's true. You all just, yeah. It was bad. You S the bed. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I turned ESPN on the morning after, and Stephen A. Smith, who's oh. on ESPN, absolutely hates the Cowboys. He takes so much joy each and every time that they lose that I texted Mo and I'm like, stay away from ESPN this morning. Stephen A. Smith has given the Cowboys so much grief. This connects, I think, with so many people because if you haven't had a team that has won a championship, every year is a disappointment for you. And every year you realize how emotional you get. It, it's a mood changer. When I lived in Dallas, I think I told you this, I lived in Dallas for two years and I could tell you if the Cowboys won or lost based on the chemistry in the city that day. That you could really feel like the air sucked out of the city when they lost. Aren't they supposed to be America's team? Yeah, I don't know time. why. A long time ago. Oh, yeah. okay. We, we haven't been for quite some time. Because, I mean, then that means America's just a bunch of losers. Oh, <laughs> what damn. else is new? <laughs> no, because no, this is helping. I need the motivation. <laughs> I do. I think I've become the friend that's constantly telling their friends I'm leaving this person, mm, like, yeah. over and over and over, and you just never yeah. leave. Yes. And I, something about sitting in Costa Rica with Brit. With friends that I'm supposed to be celebrating and everybody's having a great time and I was legit depressed <laughs> like they could not understand why my entire mood changed and I was like I have to make a change in my life so for those that aren't aware it's the NFL playoffs are happening right now and so it was the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers right yep and it was a wild allegedly card? it was the Dallas Cowboys yes. <laughs> Did they forget to show up again? Again, yes. And Dallas does this every single year. They, If you don't know anything about sports, they were great in the 70s and the 80s. I mean, really great. And that's why they were dubbed America's team. And they haven't won crap in like almost 30 years. 30 but years. their fans like Mo are like waiting. And this was going to be the year again. They were favored in this game. They were playing a team that was the youngest roster in the NFL. They barely made the playoffs. Barely made the playoffs. So they were going to trounce the Packers. But no, that's not the way it ended. But I wrote a letter to see, or at least to show how I would like to end my relationship with the Dallas Cowboys. You can't. Why not? Because you can't. Why not? Because you can't. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I'm over it. I was this way with Georgia for so many years. uh, And then they won a national championship and we were friends again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe if that happens, I'll come back. But but you can't do that. You can't be a fair weather friend. Sometimes timing is everything. Sometimes the relationship needs a little bit of time. You're like the Dallas Cowboys dating Antichrist. All of a sudden you're good, so I want you back. Isn't this the beauty of being a fan, though, that you have to go through these seasons of disappointment time and time again. So when they finally do win a championship in like 2062, you're there (laughs) and you can enjoy it because you've been rooting for them all these years? No. There's (laughs) there's no beauty in it at all. all And and I'm not waiting. I deserve more and I deserve better. Here is my letter to the Dallas Cowboys. Dear Cowboys, I do not hope this letter finds you well. (laughs) I hope it stings actually. About as much as it's stung to watch you fall short in the playoffs once again, <laughs> as you have done the majority of my life. It is with mixed emotions that I am reaching out to express a decision I have recently made. Recent events have left me with a heavy heart, and I feel compelled to express my true feelings. The ups and downs are a natural part of sports. But the way that you'll continue to end up being losers at the end of the season every season should be studied. If only the goal were to lose, you'd be gloats. The recent disappointments have truly tested the resilience of the entire fan base. And I want to share my perspective. The greatest losers of all time? That's exactly what they <laughs> The gloats. The gloats. <laughs> there I was, an eight-year-old kid, excited, full of life, and stupid. My dad walked in wearing a blue and white jersey and turned on the television, said, son, come watch the Cowboys game with me. And that was the moment I should have walked away from my dad and never spoke to him again. <laughs> I didn't. We bonded and have shared that bond for over 30 years now. It pains me to know that although my dad claims he loves me, he wanted this for my life. (laughs) I attempted to carry on the family tradition of being a Dallas Cowboys fan, and that was the last time I remember having a thread of happiness in my life. It has been 30 years since the five-time champion Dallas Cowboys have tasted true victory. 30 years. 
Do y'all know what people have been able to accomplish in 30 years? Let's see. The internet. <laughs> PCs, laptop, computers, mobile phones, email, DNA testing and sequencing, microprocessors, fiber optics, liquid crystal displays, GPS systems, and social media. And the Dallas Cowboys can't find a win a damn football game when it matters. I don't deserve this anymore. I deserve better. I read a quote the other day that said, no matter how hard you try to make it work, a toxic relationship will never bring out the best in you. And you have brought out the worst in me for far too long. As someone who invests emotionally in the success of the Dallas Cowboys, recent challenges on the field have not only forced me to think about my heart, but my wallet. That's right. I want my money back. Although you have saved me a lot of money by never forcing me to attend a Super Bowl, it still hurts <laughs> when I think about the fact that I have attended at least one game every year for over 10 years. The price of flights, hotels, drinks, food, countless amounts of merch, season subscriptions so I never miss a game. I've watched over 1,500 hours of Cowboys games in my life, and I think once you add all of that up, plus the emotional distress, you land somewhere around approximately $3.4 million, which is what y'all owe me. That's $157 million less than y'all paid Dak Prescott to throw interceptions in important games. I could do that for free. Despite the setbacks, my loyalty is supposed to remain unwavering. Being a fan means standing by your team through thick and thin, celebrating victories and weathering defeats together. You know who else feels that way? People in toxic relationships. I spend all this money and you spend nothing on me. I put all this time and effort into supporting you, and all I get back is the pain and agony of hearing Stephen A. Smith yell for three hours about how incapable the Dallas Cowboys are. <laughs> enough is enough. If you were a woman, my family and friends would be begging me to leave you. And I think it's time I put my money where my mouth is. At this point, moving forward, I will wish the Cowboys the best, but I will not be around to support it. In conclusion... Every season with the Dallas Cowboys feels like a repeating Linkin Park song because they tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> this decision is not a reflection of any particular event or disappointment, just the natural evolution of my interest. I wish the Cowboys the best and I respect the legacy, but me, I am done. Yeah! yeah. Until week one of next year. <laughs> I know how this goes. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. You'll be able to read Lisa Marie Presley's memoir as soon as this October. So she passed away exactly a year ago on January 12th, so a year and a couple of days. And apparently before she passed, she had asked her daughter, Riley Keough, to help her finish her memoir. And uh, some of it has been recorded on tape. And some of those audio clips are going to be released on audiobook when it gets released on October 15th. So I feel like that's pretty soon. I mean, considering that she's only been passed away for a year. And um, according to the publisher, the memoir is mostly composed of mostly Lisa Marie's words with her daughter, quote, filling in the blanks from her own memory. Her daughter says, few people had the opportunity to know who my re mom really was other than being Elvis's daughter. I was lucky to have had that opportunity and working on preparing her autobiography for publication has been a privilege, albeit a bittersweet one. Mm. I mean, as long as Lisa Marie Presley gave her um, blessing to do that, then by all means, her daughter should fulfill her request. Yeah. What is she going to do? Come back from the grave? Probably not. Mm, maybe. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Do you have anybody you don't want to attend your funeral? Well, Shannon Doherty, <laughs> she's battling stage four breast cancer, and she says she has a long list of people she doesn't want to attend her funeral. She says it's way too long. And a new article with people, she says, there's a lot of people that I think would show up that I don't want there. Their reasons for showing up aren't necessarily the best reasons. Like, they don't really like me. But they will because it's the politically correct thing to do mm. and they don't want to look bad. I want my funeral to be like a love fest. I don't want people to be crying or people to privately be like, thank God that bee is dead now. Shannon also says that she wants her ashes mixed with her dogs and her dad's, which is a interesting yeah. little tidbit. Huh. It's not weird. You're dead. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. Smoke them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. That's, you don't think it's weird, weird to mix them up? That is weird. Uh, I'm trying. Mm. I'm practical when it comes to death. It yeah. I, I, you're I, dead. 
if I wanted my space when I was alive, don't stuff me in there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a dis- that, that would be disrespectful to you because that you're, you're an introvert. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I get At least that. you could do is like, give me my own. Know the dead person. Man. Exactly. <laughs> I honor the dead person as you would have in life. Bingo. Yeah. Don't make me interact with people in the afterlife too. Oh. Give me my space. I will say though. So every time my parents go on a big trip, they send me like the same text message every time they're on the tarmac. Mm. They're like, hey, by the way, if we die in a fiery plane crash on our way to the Maldives, <laughs> here's where you can find all the important documents. And there was one time when I got a little curious and I was like, I wonder what's in these documents. Like, I wonder like, what, what's in the will? Like, how much am I getting compared to my brother? Like, what's what's the money situation look like? <laughs> so I go into my parents' side drawer and the first page is, of course, all the blow, we died, blah, so sad. And then the last line of this letter that supposedly I'm going to read if my parents pass away in this plane crash is, oh, and by the way, blank, can't come to the funeral. That is the last thing, the last words my parents would ever say to me is this one person is allowed to come to their funeral. I had a friend that was like this also. Every time he got on a plane, he would send me an email with uh, the instructions for his kids who were grown at the time uh, and what he wanted his like um, afterlife to look like every single time he got on a plane. Wow. Okay. You don't have to do that. Like, you literally have a will. You write all of that in the will. You don't have to text people and traumatize them every time you go on a trip with your potential impending death. (laughs) Write it down in a will and have your go ahead, your whatever kind of... um, Well, what if it changes? What are you going to do? Change your will every time you take a flight? What are you changing? Oh, now I want Amazing Grace instead of Ave Maria? (laughs) Well, you've got new things. It's not funeral arrangements. It's like things in his life. Like he's got documents that are here and then he moves into a different house or he wanted his his, uh, kids are growing up and they have a different situation. So every time he got on a plane, it was a different situation. Oh, bless it. (laughs) One of your kids might piss you off at some point. (laughs) (laughs) You got to let him know every single time. All right, Tina Fey, she's revealing why the Mean Girls original cast didn't come back in the musical version. So there's a lot of people talking about this movie over the weekend because people had high hopes for it. It was a little bit of a disappointment for people. And uh, the only person who ended up making a cameo was Lindsay Lohan. And Tina Fey, in terms of like the other cast, in terms of them not coming and being a part of the film, she says, we'll never know. They're busy people, so it didn't come together. But we tried and we all love each other. But how much can you love each other if you don't want to come back for Mm. the remake? Is it Renee Rapp who's the lead? And did you see the interview she did where they asked about the cameo from Lilo? And she looks so, and she's like, and Stitch? And then, no. <laughs> she's so Gen Z. And then like, Lindsay Lohan. She's like, oh, that's what you were talking about, Lilo and Stitch. And she was like, did I miss something? God, I hope they never put her in media training. She's a hoot. All right, Lil Nas X is addressing the controversy surrounding his new single that people say mocks Christianity. I'll tell you if he apologized on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Kristen, it was the texting tutor in which one woman was telling her best friend that, hey, you're no longer invited on this long weekend. No, she didn't say that. We tried to make her the wing woman. So, yes. So Angie had been planning a trip to Destin for the long weekend with their two friends, Michelle and Travis. They've all been friends for years. It's been the three musketeers, right? Um, and anyway, past couple of years, she's kind of caught the feelings for Travis. Mm-hmm. A crush has formed, but she's never done anything about it because Travis has always been in a relationship. Well, now we fast forward to now, Travis is now single. And Angie's like, I need to make my move. Like, I have these feelings for him. I want to make my move. So she wanted to do it over this long weekend while they were all in Destin together. So we were going to call up or not call up, but text her friend Michelle saying, hey, can I have this weekend so I could put the move on Travis? But then we were like, man, that's kind of a really crappy thing to do to your friend to kick him out of the trip. So instead, we're like- Last minute even. Last minute, like just days away. So we're like, how about if we ask her to be- your wing woman, and like help facilitate this romance between you and Travis. And Michelle was not having it. She was, felt like the third wheel and she was not excited about this at all and just was a big sourpuss about the whole entire thing, right? What? You just don't hear pe- many people your age use the word sourpuss. sourpuss. Yeah, it just didn't happen. She's a big old sourpuss. <laughs> um, and then she ended up bailing. Michelle pulled herself from the trip. Like she no longer wanted to go. So we have to find out, did Michelle really not go on the trip? 
Did Angie go with just her and Travis? And did she also make the move on Travis while she was there and make her feelings known? Well, here's Angie. Hey, Angie, good morning. Hi, good morning. All right, are you back from your weekend? Did you go on your weekend? Was it just you and Travis? Did Michelle come around? What happened? Okay, so another plot twist. Um, Basically, Michelle ended up going to Travis <gasps> and basically telling him about our entire text oh, conversation. Why would she do uh-uh. this? I'm calling girl code. Yeah. Just crazy. And anyway, she told him I liked him basically and was hoping something might happen between wow. us on a trip. Yeah. And I know this because like that evening after the text conversation that I had with her, I get a text from Travis and he was nice, but it was super awkward. Um, he basically told me that he had talked to Michelle um, and he said that he doesn't know exactly what was said or like if words had gotten twisted, but he said, you know, it, it, he basically was like, it doesn't matter exactly what was said. It's not my business, but I just want to tell you that I see you as a friend. And he put friend in like capital letters. So, and he, yeah. he, he just, he kind of went on. He just went on to say like, he really likes our dynamic of like the three of us being best friends and that he hopes that like whatever current disagreement is happening will be fixed soon. And my God, I am just so embarrassed. Like, I feel like he just knows everything that I said. And so, you know, when it came to the trip, I I obviously decided I wasn't going to go and Michelle wasn't going to go and Travis didn't want to go either. So I basically ruined the trip for all of us. Wow, wasted all no, that money. She no, she did. did. She sabotaged it. Totally. Michelle mm-hmm. did. So did you circle back with Michelle and say, like, what the F is going on? Yeah. I think I need a break from her. You know, like, I, in my mind, was like, what kind of friend does this? And I sort of thought to myself, you know, maybe this is like an awakening of like, maybe she's not the type of friend I thought she was, you know? Well, that's got to be a little on the devastating side because you called her a best friend. And again, we say on this show, sometimes I think we throw that word around um, like too lightly. That's like a sister right there. So to find out that at the end of the day, she's kind of a friend of me, really. That's Mm -hmm. devastating. That's losing your best friend right there. Yeah, well, I mean, I was really disappointed with the way she acted just in the text conversation with y'all. You know, like that whole day after that, I was like thinking about it all day long. And then to find out that she went to him and talked to him about it, I was just like, man, like this girl, like she she doesn't have my best intentions at heart. You know, like this is now I'm super embarrassed. I feel stupid. I don't think you can ever rebound. Mm-hmm. I don't think the dynamic you could I think you could recover the di- dynamic if Travis didn't like you and only liked you as a friend, but this kind of betrayal, I mean, you'll never be able to trust her again. Right. That's how I feel. I'm like is it even worth like going to her and arguing with her about it? Like No, I, mean, I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't I would let it go. Did, so, it's like, right. Let me ask you guys this. Aren't frenemies usually like second circle or third circle friends. It's not your best friend, is it? Mm, Sometimes it's the people closest to you that will never be happy for you when you have like a potential relationship like with Travis. And I know it feels like this is the one thing that ruined your friendship. Let me tell you, it was going to be something. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't this, Michelle was going to backstab you in some way. I feel like this goes to that cliche of people want to see you do well until you're doing better than that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she, I don't know if she has a thing for Travis, but she was giving you hater energy from the moment that you brought this idea up and she went to go this far to sabotage it. It feels like there was something there that you may not even have known mm-hmm. about all this time. Right. I wonder now that you're taking this break from her, if you don't look back on your relationship and see more of these things that you just sort of blew off before, but now you'll see them more clearly. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, I I saw, like, a couple TikToks about, like, starting the new year, and it was like, you should be reevaluating your friendships and the people that you have in your life. Like, are they helping you reach your goals? Like, things like that. And so it did kind of make me think, like, wow, maybe this is happening at the right time, you know? Yeah, the wisdom of TikTok. Can't be, <laughs> it, uh, it can't be denied. The algorithm knows everything. Uh, look, I am really sorry that happened to you. Yeah. This yeah. really, really, really sucks. Like losing a best friend and a sister over something like this, but you just never knew. Sorry about that, Angie. Please keep us posted, okay? I will. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, it's a bird show.
If you listen to The Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? If I ever find myself with more time, I end up getting so stuck on what I should be doing versus what I want to be doing that I end up wasting the entire hour. So what if you could use that hour to actually improve yourself and improve your life so that the next time you have a free hour, you actually know what's a priority for you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Whether you need to talk through the guilt of taking time for yourself or learning how to set boundaries with people in your life who take and take, therapy can give you the tools to lead a richer life where you're, well, in control and happier. Therapy isn't just for major trauma. It's for the everyday problems that can be tough to navigate too. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. There's no shame in finding someone to vent to about the issues going on in your life. Plus, BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off the bird show if you have a newborn baby and you don't send pictures of that newborn out to your friends and family are you pretty much admitting that you think that your baby is ugly <laughs> oh, you had a butt baby i mean it happens baby's butt oh babies are beautiful liar no they're not my kid my oldest kid <laughs> that kid was ugly you <laughs> <laughs> oh can't say that because he was a preemie bless his little heart oh, that's messed up well, he, is, he, he was ugly preemie um, <laughs> he had that big old banana head bless his little heart mm. <laughs> his face was all red on one side blue on the other that was an ugly kid man <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't sending out too many pictures initially um, maybe this is the reason why Cassie here that they are not sending out pictures she writes, I gave birth to my first baby recently, and when we got checked in at the hospital, my husband and I obviously told a few people, including my parents. My mom's immediate reaction was, let us know if you change your mind and you want us to come to the hospital, even though for weeks I said I didn't want anyone at the hospital. Then she said she was packing and said, we're coming, of course, but not to the hospital. They assumed that they could wait at my house, and I said no. After 21 hours of labor and three hours of pushing, my son was born and we let my parents know. Immediately, they were asking for photos. And I understand they're excited and they already love him. But holy crap, I felt like they were being needy and not respecting that I was tired. I was talking to hospital staff, trying to learn to breastfeed, all of the things. Once we got moved to a recovery room, my husband and I talked and we decided to hold off on sending pictures to anyone, including his two favorite people, his dad and his grandmother. So it's not like my parents were being singled out. 
I can't even really explain why we didn't want to send pics of our son out right away. We both just had some anxiety about sending a photo to someone and then that photo spreading like wildfire to people we didn't consent to having a photo of our son. So we just decided to hold off. Not forever, but for now. We literally already talked about how excited we are to send Christmas cards this year, but it's not a forever thing. My parents lost their minds. They blew up both our phones. They stressed me out to the point of tears. So my husband called my dad to ask them to stop. And my dad had the balls to hang up on my husband. And then my dad tells me that he and his uh, my husband don't ever need to speak or see each other again. What? Well, this escalated Dang, quickly. Right? When I was discharged and sent home, I sent my parents three texts about us being home and asking to FaceTime with them so they could see my son via video since we weren't doing photos. They ignored me. We finally FaceTimed yesterday, and my mom told me she had been sobbing all day, and it was torture waiting for a photo. I told her then that she made my labor all about her and that no one asked me and my husband what we wanted. It was all about what they wanted. They said they didn't understand the photo thing, and everyone else in the world sends photos of new babies. And I said, I don't care about the world, and I totally see how sending a photo seems like no big deal, and our decision seems irrational, but you don't have to understand it. You just have to respect it. Well, that didn't go over well. So tell me the truth. Am I being dramatic? Am I the a-hole? My mom said I probably cried in the recovery room, and not because they stressed me out, but because I was just hormonal and tired. So be honest with me. Or my husband and I drawing a hard line over something nonsensical? I'm just going to be 100% with you, Ann. I had a little ADD moment, and I can't. I didn't hear why they're not sending the photos out. Because they, if they send, they were worried it was spread. So, like, if they send it to one person, like, mom would post it on Facebook or send it to somebody oh, else. So, okay. they were just trying to be protective gotcha. of um, of the baby's image, which I, which, which I can understand. Can't they send it to them on Snapchat? <laughs> you think grandma and grandpa have a Snapchat? Well, how about you want to see that picture? <laughs> so this is the, maybe this is the people pleaser in me, but de- depending on the circumstances, and I know for for my husband and I, because you you use your own personal experiences to color how you see things, and this is what I'm doing here to, as to how I see this. Um, we had a struggle. Everybody was involved in it. We got lots of prayers and love for us to have our IVF miracle baby, right? Um, I would not withhold that picture from my family because they went on that journey with us. Probably something different here, or maybe this is the first grandbaby, so they're very excited. Yes, it is your child. Yes, that was your labor in delivery, but you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your parents. Like that is their that that's their DNA. Like that's their, that's, that's their ancestry and that's their history and that's their future. So the idea and yeah, the idea of not sending a picture, if they, they, she didn't want people in the delivery room. They honored that. They, she didn't want people at the hospital. They honored that. So the little, the little nugget you can give them is a picture of the baby after the baby's born. And you text that with, please do not share. This is just for you. Here's your beautiful grandson. Here's your beautiful granddaughter. So personally, do I think it's an a-hole move that they didn't send a picture? It's it's well within their right. But yeah, I think it's kind of a-holy that they didn't share. This could completely be coming from me just not having, being a parent or not having ever been a grandparent. But for me, I initially felt like uh, the grandparents were acting like the a-holes because um, I understand the disappointment in that you may not get the picture like you wanted to, but I do feel like you should be able to do whatever you want with your child. And if they can't understand that, I get that. But to go as far as cursing out and hanging up and then like That's almost a-hole. damaging the relationship, mm-hmm. that, that feels like a bit much to me. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think the grandparents are being ales in this situation because I don't think they understand the the landscape that we live in now. I mean, I when you become an adult and you understand the sickos that are on the internet and, and what somebody would want to do with a photo of a baby, I mean, that would make me paranoid as a parent. So I don't fault them at all for doing what's best for their family. And I think they, I, I think it's a tighter boundary than most people make. So I understand why it was a disappointment to the grandparents. But at the end of the day, you still got to see your grandchild over FaceTime and you're going to get to have a lifetime of memories with them. So get over it for now. I would just totally and completely rubber stamp what Kristen said. At least in the picture to the parents saying, hey, don't put this anywhere, but obviously you're the grandparents. Here's mm-hmm. the picture. Yeah. What would you, how about you? 
Um, I think they're within their right. I I get it. And especially because they tried to FaceTime, so it's not like they're keeping the grandson. Like, those days in the hospital can be a complete drugged-out blur, and it's really hard to keep up. We couldn't even name my kids until, like, day three, and my parents were like, what's the name? So, I mean, I think she could have given them a warning, but I think she's not the a-hole, and so does all of Reddit. They all think she's not the a-hole. And quick update, they ended up sending a photo to the other family and friends asking not to post it on social media. They're not going to make contact with the parents again until they apo- the parents apologize oh, to her husband because oh, wow. she goes, they disrespect him and my failure as a spouse is not standing up for him Ooh. more. So this is where I'm drawing the line. They Ooh. need to have a real apology to my husband and then they can come. Oh, that's a strong line right there. Mm-hmm. Mad at that. Get it. The Bird Show. All right. Our intern Caroline is in studio, in studio this morning and the unthinkable happened with her neighbor, the unthinkable, and they won't make it up to her. Let's let's give a trigger warning here because we're going to be talking about um, pet loss. And I think that's important to note here. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a resentment that's just building and I need some legal advice on what to do with it. Okay. Lawyers. So, All right. one 855 Please. Um, emotional distress, like full on. So I went to go get my mail one day and um, I have this beautiful, I'm a purebred snob. So I have a beautiful Yorkie, black and white, four and a half pounds named Kelso. And um, we had gone out for a walk to go get mail. And I see my neighbor coming up um, because I live towards the end of a cul-de-sac. So he's coming up. So I grab Kelso up, pick him up. I see the car pass by. Okay. Um, Set the dog down. All is well. So then I hear my neighbor two houses down get in his truck. And he immediately pulled out of his driveway speeding. And I we live on like an incline. So it's it was hard to go fast up the hill. So he starts going up the hill and I'm in the road telling him to stop. Like, hands up, stop. There's my dog. Your dog's out in the road at this yes. point? Yes. Okay. He is full on running because he he lugged trucks. I don't know. <laughs> he just wanted to run that day. I don't know. Um, so he did and he did not stop and it literally ran right oh over my, my dog right in front oh of my no. face. No. And oh, no, no, I'm so sorry. I was... Like nine months postpartum. So my hormones were already raging and said a few cuss words and ran inside, got my husband. Oh, God. It had to have been traumatizing. It was awful. Oh, yeah. It sounds awful. He was four and a half pounds. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I brought him with me here today, so. Oh! A little... His ashes are here? Yeah, his ashes Until are here. Until we meet again oh. at the Rainbow Bridge. Mm. I, no, do it with her holding it. <laughs> I, was, I, I was, was so distraught. I The whole week was just like blurred sure. to me. And two How weeks, long ago was this? Um, a couple months ago. Okay. And uh, me and my husband were actually about to get married too. So oh, it was geez. like, it was just awful all the way around. And the so I ended up financing the dog for $5,500. <gasps> And um, I just paid him off in November, and I missed this dog. It was my firstborn. Mm-hmm. Like, that was my firstborn baby. Like, I went through so much with him. And and so how did the, the driver of the truck react? Oh, he just offered a shovel and said sorry and drove <gasps> off. Shut up. Oh, I'm not even lying. Seriously. I'm not even lying. That was it? That was it. Never came back, uh, knocked on the door, said so sorry. The, wife, I- the wife never came to the door, nothing. <gasps> wow. I, I can't believe that. Funny story. So the man who ran over the dog is was one of my friends growing up. It's her in-laws. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't find that funny just for the record. No. You thought that yeah. was going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is the legal advice that you're asking for? Can I sue for emotional distress? I, I think you have another route. I'm not a lawyer, but technically pets mm. are personal property. Pets are your property, so he damaged your property, and I think mm. you have a route that way at least to recoup some funds. I, but even I, if I, the pet was in the road? Yeah, so, no, no, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. that's what I've looked up. Georgia laws, they have to be on a leash. Yeah, mm. you're not going to win that case, I don't think. I don't think yet. Did, uh, did he stop? Could no, it be a hit and run? He stopped, but then offered the shovel and then just oh, drove off and oh left God. my dog right there. I mean, you should be able to sue for the callousness of just, like, saying, yeah. here's a shovel. It almost is like... The dude had like some kind of vendetta like against you, like something. Here's a shovel. Who does that? Well, yeah. what's it been like interacting with him since? Oh, I just give him the finger every time he goes by. The <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> now he's going to sue you for just. Uh, <laughs> I just call, just I just call him a dog killer, and Damn. I have no interaction with him. I have 
I just have no use for them. So yeah, I don't. I, know, I don't think you can sue for because, like you know, fifty-five. Yeah, that's in the fact that you financed, et cetera. Yeah. But I think because the dog was off leash in the road, I right. don't know if you have any recourse. Right. I, I, I'm guessing you don't. But if they're, but if he's driving recklessly, and you can mm. prove that he was speeding, and there's a ton of kids that live in our neighborhood too. So I mean, it is always busy with kids running up and down the road, dogs running up and down the road, and it's not uncommon for this road. It's a very, very common road in Hall County. What kind so. of human like? Mm. Doesn't apologize. Get out. I would be just as distraught. Oh, I would I'd get out sorry. of the truck crying. Yeah. Like I am he, so he sorry. He didn't even shed a tear. No tear. No, no tear. And did he drive off or did yeah, he at least stop? He stopped, offered a shovel, said sorry, and then got back in his truck and went. Oh, damn. Like, nothing happened. Nothing damn. happened. This is such a failure of the American legal system of all the things you can sue for in this country. <laughs> and we can't recoup your dead dog's funds. I'm mad. Well, I think because of the leash thing. That's that's my concern. It's the leash thing. Yeah. It's, I'm I, so sorry. I'm so, oh, thank you for God, bringing Kelsey in. He's here. Yeah. Yeah. He's here. He's so, so tiny. Damn. Four and a half pounds. Sometimes people suck, man. Best Yorkie ever life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, that's, that one's definitely the a-hole. Yeah. 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 There's no debate. No question. Get it? The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Lil Nas X says he meant no disrespect with his controversial single, Jay Christ. So he has got the entire Christian community riled up with this new single and music video, which has a lot of depictions of Christian imagery. And a lot of people feel like he's mocking Christians. And he's saying that's absolutely not the case. So if you haven't heard it yet, here's one of the lines where he says that he's making a comeback like Jay Christ. Admittedly, it's a little bit of a bop if you take out the fact that people, it feels a mm-hmm. little bit like he's mocking Christianity, especially with his background. So if you didn't know, his la- one of his last biggest music videos was for a song called Montero, where in one of the final scenes, he's depicted having sex with the devil, and then he kills the devil, and then he becomes the devil. And so a lot of people feel like, okay, it's one thing if you have a history of talking about your faith, but for you to have already openly mocked Christianity and then to mock the biggest thing in the religion, which is Jesus Christ being crucified, you know, to save the world of their sins, it feels very tone deaf. And he came out on Twitter and social media and said he wasn't trying to say F you to Christians. Hello, everybody. Um, I wanted to not necessarily apologize, but I wanted to explain like where my head at and where it's been for like the last week. So first of all, when I did the artwork, I knew like there would be some upset people or whatnot, uh, simply cause you know, religion is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, but I also didn't mean to like mock. This wasn't like a you to you people, um, you to the Christians. Like, you know, it wasn't, it was not that. It was literally me saying, oh, I'm back. I'm back like Jesus. Like, that was, like, the whole thing. I'm not the first person to dress up as Jesus. I'm not the first rapper. I'm not the first artist. And I won't be the last. And I know, like, given my history with, you know, the Call Me By Your Name video, anything that I do related to religion can be seen as, like, mockery. That just was not the case with this. So I'm a Christian. I I have gone to church my entire life and as an adult have a little bit more of a complicated relationship with it. But I'm actually glad that this is all coming out because I think a lot of Christians don't typically stand up as loudly as they have when something like this comes out. I think Christianity has always been the one religion where you can just mock it and and nobody says anything about it. You you do the same thing with um, any other religion. People would find it incredibly distasteful, but because it's Christianity and I I think sometimes Christians give themselves a bad rap, people are okay with mocking it. And so I'm really glad that this is all coming out because I think think it's causing people to, to see that it's not okay. It's an interesting take you have there, but I'm curious, based on what you just said there, it's like how mockery seems to be accepted, except now you've got a black gay man doing it. And is that the line? No, I mean, that's not where I can't. So in Christianity, if you've, if you know anything about it, the, the biggest part of the religion is seeing your figurehead, Jesus Christ being mocked and beaten and 
going through an incredibly horrific death on the cross, which is, is an emotional thing for Christians. And for you to make light of it, of course, it doesn't mean anything to you, but for you to just be like, oh yeah, my comeback to the music industry is the same thing as the most mm. um, devastating thing in your religion. It, it's n- by no means a, a, an equivalent comparison. I do want to give Abby validity because I feel like Christianity can get made fun of. It's okay to make fun of Christianity, but it's not okay to make fun of any other religion. Like, I feel like Christianity can, can, can get a, can get subjected to ridicule and it's kind of just shrugged off. And of course, for some, it's not okay. But as just speaking generally, like other religions, you have respect. I feel like there's a lack of respect for Christianity because it's okay to make fun of them. I guess that goes back to my original question and then it's all, all you, Mo, is if this is, although not right, but seems to be accepted, then why are people like now digging in and saying, hey, this is really unacceptable. And the only thing that's different is this is a gay black man. Uh, There's been pushback on when other rappers have done it. Like when Kanye once did it, I remember Nas once did it, um, putting himself on a cross and playing with the cross and things like that. There there has been pushback when other rappers have done it because okay. he is right. It is something that other rappers have done. But I think in his case, it's the consistency in doing it. Like Abby already said, he spoke to it in the other song. And then it was one time when he was promoting the Satan shoes that Nike had to actually mm-hmm. sue him for. Right. So it just seems like it's it's always almost used as some kind of promo or clout with him to where, like you said, the song is already a bang. Or it didn't need it, but you know, if you say something like that, then it's going to get even a little more attraction. And for some reason, he seems to always lean on Christianity and mocking Christianity to do that. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, and Demi Lovato did something similar, and and so I think Christians are just kind of like, enough is enough. At what point are you guys going to stop using our religion as as a point of m- making art? And Sabrina Carpenter just got called out recently for where she held, she videoed one of her new music videos inside a Catholic church, and they had major issues with it. Exactly. All right. For more stories, head to the Burt Show podcast on. On your favorite listening platform. Get it. The Bird Show. So, Kristen and I both knew going into the weekend we were going to be challenged. Our strength, our integrity was going to be challenged as we try to get through dry January without a drink. Um, Kristen was going away. I was hanging out with friends, went to a bar. We'll explain that in a second. But maybe it's time to reframe dry January entirely. With the audio that I provided for this segment. Sorry, I accidentally deleted it. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I'm going to need a drink. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, so going into the weekend. Yeah. Look, I want to, look, spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you right here, right now. I am not drinking in January. It's not going to happen. So these dramatic check-ins, I can tell you right now. I realized when this weekend, first of all, Friday night, I went out with a friend um, that we would normally go and we would drink together, right? So we decided we were going to have some dinner together. <laughs> Here's what I noticed about the time that we're with each other when we're not drinking. It's much shorter than when it is <laughs> when we're drinking. <laughs> we were done with each other in an hour. All right, I, was, I was home on Friday night at like 8 o'clock. You are more efficient with your time when you're not drinking. For sure. Mm-hmm. What a pathetic night I had Friday night. I'm not home at 8 o'clock on a Friday night watching This Is Us. There's nothing pathetic about well, okay. <laughs> like If you hadn't thrown the This Is Us in there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a game or something. Yeah. This Is Us. My kid had like six friends over last night. He's in the basement. They're having the time of their lives. And I'm upstairs in my room at 8.30 <laughs> under the sheets watching This Is Us. <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> Did you need a cry day, honey? No, no. I just, I missed the last season. Oh, okay. And it came up on Netflix. So, uh, and then Saturday, uh, he and I were hanging out also. I met him uh, to go play some indoor golf and then he wanted to go to a bar. Uh, one of my favorite dive bars in Atlanta. It's called Chaplin's. So I thought about it and I'm like, am I ready for this? Because I honestly, you guys, I, I can't honestly remember ever being in a bar drinking with other friends drinking and me not drinking at all. Unless I had like, I knew I was going to drive and my kid had a soccer game or something like that. And I was just stopping by for a second. But this was to go watch a football game. An entire game. An entire game with friends that are medium to heavy drinkers. (laughs) Uh, One of them owns the bar, so I knew I would be surrounded by alcohol. But when I was driving up there, I said to myself, 
I am going to be so incredibly disappointed in myself yeah. if I don't get through this day or I don't get through this month. And it was even before I got to the bar, I knew I wasn't going to be drinking. So while they were sitting around having beers around me and this guy's having vodka and that guy's vodka, I never once felt like, man, I'm really missing out. Not one time. Good for you. That's a huge turning point for you. No problem at all. That's impressive. Um, I can only do it in January. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so... I don't think there's going to be any updates. I don't care what's thrown in front of me in the next how many days? Two weeks. Uh, I'm not drinking in January, and I know that. Uh, good for you. I failed. There you go. Welcome back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Oh, a lot what of drinking. There's a lot of tequila. <laughs> Way to get back to your roots, girl. <laughs> Not a sellout like I am. <laughs> no quitter. All oh, right, let's yeah. talk about it. Okay, so um, <laughs> my husband and I had a romantic getaway to the mountains, just the two of us. No, so we. <laughs> I'm gonna ring the bell for every drink I had here in just a minute. Um, so yeah, my husband and I had a weekend away, 24 hours, just the two of us. Um, no dogs, no child. Just us. And this is the first time he and I had gone somewhere together, just the two of us, since September of 2020, right? And it's only 24 hours. And we had talked this because he's doing dry January as well, right? And we're like, you know, we don't have to drink, but this is kind of like kind of a big deal. Like it's, it's just the two of us. And... We show up, we drive our two hours. We did not speak the entire way because he was listening to his podcast and I was listening to mine. By the way, I just started Scamanda. Oh my God, it is so good. What a wonderful getaway for bonding for the two of you guys. I know, right? <laughs> but we get, we get to, and we, you know, we're staying at this bougie place, Old Edwards Inn. We absolutely love it. It's, it's absolutely worth the splurge. And we walk in to check in and a gentleman comes up, you know, and he's like, hey, welcome, blah, blah, blah. So, um, of course, we have a little welcome gift. We have some complimentary grandmosas. <laughs> it's uh, we have some Vouv champagne. Oh. We should pour a little Grand Marnier in there and just a little smidge of uh, some orange juice. Would you like it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's as soon as you walked in. I did. Y'all think last twenty we, minutes. Have you checked in? Have you checked in? And I'm holding my glass and I'm like, who it? It it tastes so good once it hits the lips. <laughs> 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 and then we get to the room, right? And we're just walking around and we're checking stuff. We have our own little fireplace and this like, you know, it's just just gorgeous. And then you hear this knock on the door. And I go and it's like, hello, your welcome gift, a bottle of red wine. Yes! <laughs> you don't even have this. I mean, you don't even have your, your luggage open yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they had a complimentary bottle of red wine. So I pour this huge tub of water. I pour me a glass of red wine. I sat there and soak in the tub, sipping my Cabernet. I put my makeup on. We go to this like just beautiful vintage bar library. And Bart's like, you want to get a cocktail before dinner? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Is he there drinking with you? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so we go into there and, you know, he, he gets a beer and I get another glass of red wine. And because, you know, we got there early because I was starving because I, I needed to eat something because, you know, I'm drinking again and I'm not used to this. And um, so we take we, we, we get our cocktail and then we go down to the dinner and we sit down and we already have our drinks. And then, you know. We're drinking and had the beef tartare for the appetizer. And then I'm like, oh, what's going to pair lovely with this trout? And then she comes and she's like, would you like another drink? I said, yes. <laughs> Did she even get the word drink out no, I before said, you said yes? I said, I would love a glass of champagne. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, I, I, that, that, that was my Sunday night. <laughs> All right, so to so end the I'm show officially, here. I'm officially out, but I'm, I, oh no, there's one more day I'm going to drink. I'm not going to drink except for one more day. <laughs> All right, so to officially end the show today, let's go ahead, ring the bell, and we okay. will count the times you ring the bell before we end the show. So ring it, we'll say one. Okay. Ring okay. it. All right. Right, right. One, one two, two, three, four. Four. It's over. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.